Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your time, your energy, your love, all kinds of goodness that you bring and share with me all the time. You will not want to miss this episode. Dr. Jeremy Goldberg is the creator of Long Distance Love Bombs on Instagram. It's a place I go to time and time again to get inspiration and all kinds of awesomeness. So enjoy it. Go check out his page on Insta. And I can't wait to see you soon. Peace out, everyone. We're just gonna jam for a little bit. I was gonna ask you some questions. Some some things maybe people know about you, and then I have a feeling we're gonna be uh, pen pals. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I don't have a pen pal currently. Yeah, um, I mean me, me neither. So, what color eyes do you have? Are they green? The green blue. Uh, the blue. They're like Ish. a yeah. They're like brown, dark brown, right in the in the middle, and then like grayish outside. And but they, I think they match your shirt color right now. That's perhaps yeah. That's exactly why I chose this shirt. I was like, oh, you know, nice, nice. Gotta gotta show up for the podcast. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's amazing. Where are you right now? Where where do you call Uh, home? I currently, just as of last month, moved up to Squamish, British Columbia, on the west coast of Canada. Uh, Have you been here? Um, Whistler. Oh yes, you've driven past. So yeah, Squamish beautiful. is like halfway to Whistler from Vancouver. Yeah, beautiful. Are you Canadian? Uh, no, but I'm dating one. And uh, I'm American and Australian, although just Claude, this, is it pronounced Claude? Yeah. So how you say, um, Claude, this morning I got my permanent residency for Canada, so I can stick around for a while without getting kicked out. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, you're only the second person to, to know. Congrats. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's only, Thanks. it's only 12, 15 there. So yeah, the yeah. day is young for you. You got it's a lot like, more huh. people to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? Hey, what? guess what? I, I know. It's like, I'm practicing. Yeah. Hey, hey, guess what? Me, hey, I can I won't kick uh, you yeah, They can't kick me out. No. They're like, well, they could if I committed a felony, but I don't, well, I don't plan to do that. You don't, so like you don't do that. You don't no. do that. You're a love bombing kindness pirate. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's <laughs> like where uh what what did you want to do when you were five? Like who who was Jeremy at five years old? Wait, are we are we actually starting? Is this yeah. is, oh okay, cool. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um who was I at five? You know, that's a great question because I often start my thought process at six because when I was six, my parents got divorced and there was a whole bunch of events that occurred that kind of um, altered my life forever, so to speak, or at least that's the story and the meaning that I give to those events. Mm-hmm. So at five, uh, I, I mean, I was just a kid. I, I remember like, I liked to play checkers and I liked to collect bugs in my grandma's yard. And I liked to ride my little big wheels bicycle down the hill in the backyard and fight with my sister and go to the beach. Yeah. Um, were you in Australia at the time? At, no, at I grew five? up in I grew up in LA. Okay. I didn't go to Australia till I was uh, in college. I did a semester abroad and then ended up chasing a woman there. Not not literally. Well, kind of literally. Uh, I, I mean, was dating. I was dating someone that got accepted to a program, and so then I was like, "Well, I want to move to Australia." And as one does. I mean, as you do. Of course, yeah. you go from LA to the other side of the world, and yeah. So, 
Yeah. The, uh, all right. So at, at six, there were some massive, like pivotal life changing moments. What would you say, uh, you know, did that, did that change your trajectory as a, you know, a young six year old kid, you're like playing with big wheels and fighting with your sister. Just like, it sounds like a pretty innocent, yeah. lovely childhood at five and then six happens and, you know, uh, hard to how to tell, right? You don't have the crystal ball to go back in time. But did anything? Did things happen at six that then you're like, oh yeah, that, that's why I do what I do today. That's another interesting question. You're yeah. good at this. Deep thoughts today. I'm, um, I'm really so like one thing that occurred at that time that I so I'm currently writing a book and I'm trying to document a lot of this stuff and navigate it and answer the question that you just asked me. So when I was six, I have a vivid memory of in the driveway of my house, my dad got down on a knee and told me that he was going to be going away for a while and that I needed to be the man of the house. And he asked if I could look after my mom and my sister. Right. And so at age six, I became a man. Yeah. Wow. Or at least this is my recollection of it. And what that entailed was uh, the loss of a childhood. And so only recently have I begun realizing that I'm angry about that, mm-hmm. that, I, that I feel like something was stolen from me in a sense. Yeah. Um, but also recognizing that my parents were in their mid-20s dealing with a divorce in the early eighties when it, when you couldn't pull a device out of your pocket or purse and read about relationships, family therapy, therapy wasn't even widely as regarded as it is now, certainly. And so, so yeah, I I mean, I became a, a man in that sense. And I remember my mom crying and throwing things and arguments on the telephone. And I remember references to court dates and payments and not having enough money and, you know, later as I've worked through some of this stuff, I realized, oh, that's that's where my codependent patterns were birthed. So <laughs> prioritizing other people's feelings over my own, and and like, oh, oh, that's when I learned that crying is bad and to be avoided and to be mm-hmm. ended as soon as possible. And that's when I kind of learned to not prioritize myself because I had a job to do, I had a man to be, and I had no idea you know, what that actually was, but I took that responsibility on nonetheless. Yeah. And so I, I guess I was always a sensitive kid. Like my mom has, as all moms do, has those stories of like, you know, you were always so kind. And when you were three, grandma told me, I hope he never stops being as kind as he is now. And you know, all these little precious mementos that were allegedly occurring at that time. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I suppose the work that I do now has been arrived at through the most ridiculous and roundabout manner. So I was a scientist for a decade. I backpacked over all over Africa. I lived in the South Pacific. I lived in Thailand. I worked on the Great Barrier Reef. And now I'm like a writer and a speaker and a podcast host and a spoken word poet. I joke that I'm a recovering scientist. Um, And I suppose I'm just trying to share 
my heart and my life and the lessons learned with the world in hopes of creating a future that I believe in, in hopes of, you know, pushing this society and this culture towards a more compassionate collective that that lives easier. Like I, I'm inherently a very lazy person, Claude. <laughs> I want I want to do things simply. If I, I if I have to <laughs> expend more energy to get the same outcome, like I'm not into that. Right. And so right. for me, selfishly, I feel like kindness and empathy is somewhat of a life hack that will allow me to navigate my life with the least amount of strife, struggle, pain, etc. And consequently, the most amount of acceptance, love, belonging, etc. Wow, you're like, speaking right to my heart. And I I love it. There's so many things that you said that I have not ever articulated in that same way. But I'm probably pretty lazy too, by the way. Um, We all are. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm a Taurus. And I just want to just like graze in the grass all day and like rub my belly and be in the sunshine and just spread that and be like, come on, come hang in the grass with me. Like, I don't, we don't need to talk, but just like, hang, let's be together. I'm the same. I'm like, hey, did you see this flower? I'm like, yeah. look at this, look at this fucking tree right here. Like that, that, that thing's flying in the sky and it's blue. Like, have you it, been present for the moment? Like right. look around. Right. Well, that's the awe. Like yeah. the awe of just being alive, you know, this is a tangent, but you know, every hour of every day and every minute of every day, there's something that's just like surprises the hell out of me. And I'm like, holy shit, that's right. Wow. I get to see this right now. Like, yes, I have a two and a half year old and a two month old kid, babies. And uh, thanks. And this morning I was hanging out with my two and a half year old daughter and I was just like studying her eyelashes. She's got beautiful eyelashes. Like just I wasn't telling her that I was just having this moment. So anyway, that was um, there's so much, so much here to um to just be grateful about. And I think for me, being a person that is of love, in love, wants to share love is so much easier than the alternative. Yeah, easier on paper. And then I, sure. su- I suppose you get out into the real world, the real world, quote mm-hmm. unquote. My experience is, is I'm often looking around and observing how things are going. And I just shake my head and and it makes me really sad. And then also really angry that I I talked about this in my Ted talk where I was, I was on stage and I was invited to give a talk about making kindness cool and how absurd and ridiculous it is that kindness has become a revolutionary act in our day and age. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the tragedy of it is like what we're talking about is nothing spectacular it's like hey can we just love each other a little bit more can we just be a little bit more present and perhaps more grateful with one another uh this isn't this isn't rocket science right yeah yeah and everybody that i talk to and i'm sure everybody that you engage with is like oh yeah that makes sense oh i'm into that yeah totally except for the people that are like you don't, you don't talk about love in the workplace, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's against mm-hmm. the, the no, policy. Why, why would you do that? And I'm like, 
Yeah. Well, for you and me, it's common sense. It's just common yeah. sense. And I recognize it's not for everyone and there's no shame in their game. That's just the way they came up and whatever, mm-hmm. whatever happened to them and whatever they decided to like hold in their backpack forever and ever and ever uh, as their own armor. But yeah, I want to be just, I want to keep creating that space where people come to, to feel seen and held and like they belong and they can also be ignited. Like, you know, that's, I want to turn, I want to turn people on to themselves. That's what it's about to themselves and to the beauty. And, How do you do that? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm super grateful that I have an organization in which there's 1200 people that I can do that with mm. and, you know, create that, that like scene. culture. Yeah. Create the culture. I mean, called the, the root of the word culture is cultura, like uh, the Latin word, cultivation of the soul. And I have a feeling if I can, if I'm hearing what you said in just a little bit of time, like I've, I've spent my lifetime cultivating my soul. I have a feeling that you've been doing the same thing. And that's what I do every single day. That's what I want to do every single day on the micro and the macro. And so how do you, so the question is, how do I get on screen or how am I in person, just like you, holding space with someone and creating that and making sure that they know like, A, I'm here for them. I don't have any answers. Or if, if I do, I don't know if they're going to be the right ones. And I, I want to neutralize whatever it is they're going through so that we can actually like look at it and be like, what's the real story here? What are you really telling yourself? What kind of bullshit are you really saying? I'm like, let's turn that on its head. I'm here to tell you, like, you matter. You matter to all those people. Like, let's let's get a new tagline going for yourself. Mm. Yeah, you know? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so challenging, I find, to, to deal with that alone. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, like loneliness is a bitch. Yeah. And or alienation. And, you know, the work that you're doing and what, and certainly the messages that you put out on Instagram, I feel is the tincture for people that are out there alone. That if they come upon long distance love bonds, like what you're saying and the truth that you're saying and how you say it. I believe is so a incredibly needed, but also incredibly digestible because there's a simplicity to it because to what we were just saying, it's, it's really what kindness is cool. That shouldn't be a bumper sticker. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad to hear you say that we're digestible because I find it's really hard to make big ideas small and small ideas felt, right? Because life is complex and there's so many intricacies to address. And I, I do try really hard to communicate easily and perhaps in an entertaining manner that yeah. to, to convey a lot of what we've just touched upon in a way that is short, snappy, memorable, fits into the Instagram character count limit, uh, but also tackles large issues that are really important and fundamental to the architecture of life. And so 
my ego loves that praise. Thank you. Is the, is the, is the takeaway. And, and, and you're welcome. Yeah. And like what I love about what you're doing is I never, I never knew until I reached out to you, like the man behind it. Mm. It didn't matter to me. If it didn't matter to me, if you were a man, woman, binary, non-binary, it doesn't matter the message and that it's coming from a human being and not a bot. Like yeah. that there's so much life force and like, I don't know, I, I read your stuff and I've been reading it for a while now and it, it makes a difference in my life. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So that's why I yeah. wanted to reach out to you. I was like, okay. you, yeah. you, what you're very... doing is like, it's changing people and I know it's helping people. And It's very touching. Thank you. And um, it's really nice to hear that because the work that I do is, especially in the last years, is virtual, right? And so I often, and this is my own perhaps trap or mistake, but I forget that every follower number or like is a human with a heart and a soul and pain and all of that. And I think a lot of my efforts more and more is to remind myself of that. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and it's just so, it's so great to like hear it in person <laughs> or like virtually at least through a screen of like, ah, cause I, I, I mean, I, I don't hear it very often. I, I, I mean, I hear it in a way that's like, Hey, I, I liked what you said or Hey, you know, that was funny or right. that, that helped me, but it, but it's a different kind of level or layer when it lands in the way that you just described is like, so yeah. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. I suppose when I first started, I, I just wanted to write the stuff that I wanted to read. And, you know, I was reading things about topics, but, but not in the way that I would have said it or, or the way that I wanted to hear it. Right. And yeah. so I began just, writing things in my own voice, using profanity and making ridiculous metaphors up and, and trying to create analogies that helped me in my brain visualize what the heck these people are talking about. Because a lot of these concepts are so highbrow or dry and dull and academic. And it's like, right, can, right, we, right. can we <laughs> sprinkle some sparkles on this and like liven yeah. it up a bit? Like, because this is really powerful, but it's not landing for me. And so again, as a lazy person, I would try to think through these concepts in a way that I could remember them. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, right. That's like that. Okay. And then just trying to use my voice more and more and more to um, cultivate a courageousness that addresses things that feel uncomfortable to discuss or describe. Yeah. Hey, with that, I want to, I want to pause for a second. My, I love what you just said. Like, tell me, tell me more about what do you think of the phrase emotional bravery, emotional courage, emotional bravery? Like, cause I feel like you just were like scratching and sniffing on it right there. Uh, and yeah, if you heard the phrase emotional bravery, yeah. What does that signify to you and where, and if it signifies anything to you or means anything, is that something that you 
believe in and believe that you're also a huge part of. Yeah. So the, the first visual that came to mind was like a knight in shining armor. Like when I thought of emotional bravery, it's like, it's like a battle or a war. Like you have to be, you have to be courageous and you have to, you have to fight to be brave. And then that's the kind of thing. But then also I have written about this idea that like the, the bravest knight is the one with the least amount of armor, right? And the most vulnerable, courageous person is the one that takes their guard down first or puts their sword down first and drops the bravado and allows himself to be really seen and felt and heard. And so when I think of emotional bravery, similar concepts come to mind, such as authenticity or sovereignty um for me i suppose what comes up is is like being okay with whatever it is that you're feeling mm -hmm. and being brave enough to share that with the world or with someone right or even with yourself right and so part of the way that i've this this might work based on what i just said so so i teach this concept of the a team which I might be aging myself, but the A-Team was like this action show in the 80s with this guy, Mr. T, that this giant strong guy with gold chains. And it was like, dun, dun, dun. and they like, they saved a day and they were really brave. And, and so my version of the A-Team that I teach is uh, awareness, acceptance, action. And so as perhaps a three-step framework to cultivate emotional bravery, it's developing an awareness of what you're feeling, of what I'm feeling, and then accepting that without trying to judge it, shame it, change it, negate it, and then taking some sort of action from that place that is most aligned with my integrity and my courageousness and the most loving, generous, best version of myself. And so for me, it starts with that awareness piece. Like, how, how am I going? Right. You know, what, what does... How do I describe success? How do I describe bravery? How do I describe authenticity? Who am I? How do I want to show up in the world? And am I on that path or, or am I not, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling around this emotional bravery idea. But I think it, it goes back to, I mean, even in the ask, right, is somewhat of a weighted, judgment that emotions are scary or require bravery right right right, right. rather than rather than uh just emotional being emotional mm -hmm. as human beings are like uh is in itself like enough and right. i think because we're sorry i'll wrap this up i promise and then no, no, uh, all good. Uh, because we're like we learn what emotions are and how they operate and what to do with them based upon our early childhood systems, right? Those yeah. that raised us and loved us. You, you know this. And so we all know this. And so then we get to decide what to do with those things. And we learn that like, oh, maybe crying is bad, mm -hmm. right? It's when I described as a six-year-old, I learned, oh, you know, those things are, are bad and they should be stopped quickly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Over to you, Claude. Get me no, back on track. No, man. This is it. This is the track because, yeah, it, 
you think, yes, just be okay, be emotional. And then going back to what you said, like, and one would think then that being brave encompasses being your full self or feeling like you can be your full self and it, and and share your emotions. But as you said, like the first thing when you heard the emotional bravery, you were like brave, courage, like you didn't say like raw, but it was like, oh, I have armor on. And that's exactly like, that's what I think people feel. And, you know, is that that knight that has the armor on, but then you peeled that back when, you know, you just began to ramble joking um when <laughs> when it was like yeah but then it's the it's the person that takes off their armor that actually and shows their vulnerability is really that's the emotional bravery like that's i don't know that i don't know i'm rambling too but that's for me what i try to do every single day as i show up at work show up in the world period and then show up as help coach foster show inspire walk the walk, talk the talk of helping people to just show up as they are authentically. And that's not easy in a workplace all the time. That's not easy when there's, you know, a shit ton of racism in the world. That's not easy when there's unconscious bias and microaggression and this and that and the other. And I think that in certain cultures where there's an an agreement and acceptance, say like, yeah, I know I'm going to come here and you guys are going to trust me and I'm going to learn some great stuff and make friends. Like it, it's that much, maybe a yeah. softer landing. Yeah, it's just for me as a, as a coach and as somebody that does retreats and workshops and all that stuff, I think it's just about creating a vibe that's like all of you is welcome here. Yeah. And, and like, the, all of you, the you that you want to bring too. Like all of it. Yeah. Like the, the, Parts of you right now that you don't want to show me, like that's welcome here right now. And if right. you decide to show me, guess what? That also is welcome here. I like I'm that. not going anywhere. That's, like, you don't scare me. You're it's safe here. That's like, I'm, I'm here. That's yeah. exactly it. Sorry to talk over you, but that's mm-hmm. like that's how you create that safety. Like I got your back. I'm here. There's nothing that you can say that's going to scare me or make me run away. Yeah. And and. That's a very special night that can special that can that can say that, you know, and one that's okay also with awareness, acceptance, and action internally, which is a you know a lifelong journey, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I wrote this thing. Um, I wrote this poem a while ago about masculinity and the need to have a transformation and and like redefine what that means. And one line that I really liked <laughs> selfishly is <laughs> to. Um, be the night that saves the day because I, I like the play on night and day as dark right. and light, but then also spelled with a K it's like the, the brave fighter. Yeah. Right. So, so be the night that saves the day, but always remember that it's not what you look like that matters. It's like how big your heart is. It's how you feel. It's about who you are. Right. Rather than how big your sword is and how much money you have and all of these other things, which I think, compensate for i mean that's a separate topic but it's a separate topic but it's true like how big your biceps are like you're so jacked yeah yeah that's a whole that's a whole other thing and like that's a and gosh my and i have so much compassion and empathy for for those people that are 
Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess like how I said earlier is like, we get to describe and define what certain things are to ourselves. So if you define success as a number versus defining success as how much you love yourself. Right. Right. I mean, that's right. a very different metric that will alter your life in significant and powerful ways. That's beautiful. Right. Actually, that's a like right there. That is so simple. Again, that equation that you just shared is so simple. Like how, how much do you love yourself? How much do you like yourself? How much do you accept yourself? Or is it all just like a don't ask, don't tell because the cash is rolling in or whatever. And by the yeah. way, no That's harm fine. or foul. No, yeah. totally. No harm, yeah. like no when foul. I, when I start working with clients, I just, I ask them like, what do you want? Right. Like genuinely, what do you want? Like, I, again, like it's safe here. All of you is welcome. If you want to own a jet, or six houses or like 12 cars like that's cool and also at the same time if you want to sell all of your stuff and move into a teepee in guatemala to pick berries that's also welcome but i think that question i've been surprised by how often that question will stop people in their tracks and stun them into silence like i don't know what i want it's like okay well we need to start there yeah and yeah and so if anybody's listening like start there like what do you want what do you want in your relationship what do you want in your health what do you want in your lifestyle what do you want in your bank account like what do you want like for you for the right reasons as well and i think it's a powerful question because you can begin to interrogate the intentions underneath it right yeah it's like is this what i want or is this what i think i should want or what my family wants me to want and why do i want this i don't yeah yeah especially if you have a coach or someone to walk with you that has no judgment on it but can just say like hey when did you find out that you wanted 12 cars like wait let's just unpack that for a second oh wait your your dad had 11 cars oh that (laughs) makes a lot of sense yeah or or, yeah that you know i'm being playful but we need we need each other and i think that goes back to i think that again goes back to like what you're putting out there is you is certainly helpful for a ton of people and whether or not they're DMing you or not saying anything to you or, or writing you a note here and there, like it yeah. matters. It matters. And I, I really do think, and then literally like, this is what I wanted to say. Like, I wanted to just say like, thank you for being there in the world and putting yourself out there because that takes some cojones to be like, well, who wants to hear from me? I mean, well, yeah. Jeremy's lucky enough to be like, no, actually, I think I'm going to put this out there because I think this this might, it was helpful for me and I'm going to yeah. think it might help someone else. And like when I first started, I remember, so, so if, you, if you have no idea who I am, like on my Instagram, I have a bunch of words and then underneath it, it says long distance love bombs, which is my business. And I remember the very first time that I did that, I decided to turn my Instagram into like a, a writing thing and I was going to share it. And I, I made the little meme and I put my name on my words and I just felt like the most sincere imposter that has ever lived where I was like who are you to quote yourself right right on the internet to the you know 600 followers of your friends and family and just decide like what I have to say I am so proud of and it's so important that I'm going to put my name on it and share it uh and 
that was a really powerful opportunity for me to explore why there was resistance to that and yeah. all of the various means that I use to avoid being seen and heard. One of which is starting a business anonymously and not putting my real name on the quote. That to me was a way of deflecting mm-hmm. all of the potentialities. Yeah, that's huge. By the way, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's like huge to even say. Which part? What do you mean? That like you realized that by not putting your name on it, you were doing a number on yourself for whatever reason. I mean, at the time, I didn't realize that was why I was doing it. It was like years later where I reflected and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was that. Where at the time I was thinking, oh, I'm... I'm a scientist and this is a side hobby and I don't want this to interfere with my career and blah, blah, blah. But that was <laughs> such an adorable cover story. What right. was really was really going on was I was scared to speak my truth and be seen and heard and associated with it. That's right. helpful right there. Like that yeah. truth, whenever you figured that out, whether or not it was the same day or five years later, like, that I love that you said that, and I'm going to yeah. literally highlight that. It's still, um, it's still happening. Yeah, like, of course. Uh, like, of course. Uh, you're not, you're not like, you're not like. Uh, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but it's like not that you needed to be cured or healed, but like it's yeah. a journey, man. You still have to look in the yeah. mirror some days, and I have to look in the mirror some days and be like, who the f wants to hear from you today, Claude? Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> come on. And then I'm like, all right. Okay. Right. Get over get over yourself. Yeah. Like there's there's some kind of evidence out there that someone wants to hear from me today. And if I can yeah. if I can share and it can light one person up, then it's fun though. I, I've heard feedback from people uh, because a lot of my content is somewhat inspiring and encouraging and filled with life and energy and love and all of those wonderful things. And people are surprised when I say that I uh, have doubt or that I'm not this awakened, enlightened deity, right? It's like, no, I have relationship stuff and I have blind spots. Like just literally last night, I was having a talk to my girlfriend about something I did and said that I thought was completely okay. But it turns out after talking to her, I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah, I, I did that. Shit. Okay. Um, and even that, like I, I wrote a thing about how I have a PhD and imposter syndrome. And so like... <laughs> Bad news if you think that that degree is going to suddenly wipe that away, at least in my experience. It it is so, I love what you're saying. It is so true. When people used to ask me, like, what do I do to like empty my bucket? Like this is what I'm doing all day long at work and everything. And I really thought, holy shit, I need to like come up with some massive answer. Like I climbed to the top of the mountain in (laughs) New York City, or I don't know, the Central Park. And like, I legit meditate for five hours and look at my belly button and then I feel like om shanti om and I was like but that's not me what do I do to fill my bucket I cook I listen to music I talk to friends I don't fill my bucket like I just (laughs) I forget I have a bucket yeah some days I'm like you know as codependent as I was back in the day before I mm-hmm. knew what codependence was. A hundred percent. Yeah. When I learned that phrase, it was like, I, I think I like put my head in my hands and was like, <sighs> oh, wow. Hang on. My, 
I'm reevaluating my entire life experience right now. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when someone gave me the Melody Beattie book, Codependent mm-hmm. No More, first of all, it was incredible for me. And second of all, I was like, F, F, what do you mean? I'm yeah. code- I hate that phrase. Codependent. Yeah. It, it's uh, still even like now talking about it. I feel like codependent as a word is uh, it's, it's like a bad word. It's, it's archaic. It's like it's boring and it's dry. Versus like, oh hey, I'm zappy, or like, hey, I'm yeah. I'm a I'm a sizzle sizzle bug or something. You know, that's yeah. like more exciting. Like, yeah, oh, codependent oh. is like it's just drab. The word it's itself drab, is like, like drab. Codependent. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's change that. Let's do something about that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, maybe I'll do a post about that. Or All something. right. Yeah. We, need more, we need to liven it up. We need to like reinvent the light bulb a bit. You know how like back in the day we had rotary phones and now we got, now we got smartphones. It's like, let's, let's kick it up a notch. We're in a, a new decade, you know, a new century. Yeah, I know. And you know what? There's so many of us that are codependent or real, real, yeah. realizing at this minute right now. It's like, it's all good. It needs yeah. a new slogan. So I'm yeah. counting on you, man. Okay. I'm counting. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm counting on you. Yeah. Yeah. Deal. All right. Um, our, this was amazing. I could talk to you forever, but I'm going to let you yeah. go. And I'm going to go, you know, fly like a butterfly. Yeah, you've got small humans to raise. Yeah. I How's do. that going? You've got two under two, you said? Yeah, so a... two and a half and then two months old. Yeah. Yeah, it's a circus. That's yeah. like a legit three ring circus, like every day. But yeah. I love it. I really do. Yeah. Kids are wild. Hey, I used to work at a preschool when I was in high school. And uh I just found them to be the purest, most interesting version of humanity. Like they have no filters, no fucks given. They do and say whatever they want to do and say. Yeah. Innocently. Like I called my my little sister, my sister who's like in her 30s, has two children, and the daughter is like four. And uh, and like FaceTime them the other day. And my sister's like, hey, say hi to Uncle Jeremy. And she just looks up and she's like, I don't want to talk to him. And then just looks (laughs) down. And I felt I felt this like wave of sorrow in my body. It was like, Hang on. Right. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a bad uncle. She's just she's busy. She's just yeah. she's, into, she's doing something else. And it was just such a funny moment how I would never speak on the phone in that manner. But that's like, so funny. Yeah. Like, why not? Why not? Yeah. I, was like, no, I don't want to talk to you right now. But and you might have at three or four. You might have said that same thing when they're handing Definitely. you the big old phone and you're like, but I love that. Like I was at when my my when my two and a half year old sometimes doesn't like want to FaceTime with my parents, it really did affect me because I was like, man, they live so far away, they barely get to see you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't control her. <laughs> the last thing she wants to do is stare at a phone and people are like she's looking up their nostrils anyway, because that's how they use the phone. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, yeah. enjoy the the ride of parenthood. I'm I'm intrigued to catch up with you at some yeah. point. Like, how how did it go? What did it What did it teach you? <laughs> oh, Who are you some, now? Some more gray and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> it's so nice to meet you, man. Thank you yeah, for you spending too. time with me today. No, absolutely a, a pleasure and a privilege. Thanks for reaching out and uh, yeah. yeah, stoked to know you. If I'm ever yeah. in New York, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up at your doorstep. And be like, let's go drink tea or go for a walk or something. Let's do it. No, I'm I'm so down with that. And thanks again yeah. for doing what you do because it's rad yeah. and fucking no, cool. pleasure. Thank you.